We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to Cage by IQ. I'm your host, Adibate. Joining with me today is one championship welterweight contender, Amir Khan. How are you doing today, Amir? Yes, doing good so far. How about you? I am doing good. It's just beginning of the day, so and, and it's nice out, so you can't can't complain about mm-hmm. that. But uh, but uh, just before we get started, I just wanted to get your opinion on uh, one championship. How has it been fighting for uh, one championship, and how do you like the weight cuts? Yeah, so one championship so far, I have a very good experience with them. So they, I think they take care of all the athletes really well. And yeah, the new weight cut experience has been amazing because because right now I fight at 77. Uh, it's actually lightweight because all the like, weights move up respectively. So so yeah, I used to fight at 66 kilo featherweight with all the dehydration and I knew it's kind of really unhealthy for my body. But yeah, so right now in lightweight, I'm kind of walking around my weight actually. So I just kind of just like diet for two weeks and go to, go to war. So, so basically, uh, compared to anything else, it, it's a really good experience because you don't have to vigorously try and cut weight, uh, yeah. which is good. Like I've been, I, I asked everybody in one how how they like it, and everybody says the same thing. I love it. It's easier to uh, maintain, and I'm not crazy going into fight week because I'm not cut, trying to cut too much. Yeah. I, I guess you know in a, in a bigger spectrum, it's require more discipline because you have to be like yeah. let's say because you need to be more like on your your diet, your good diet for most of the time of the year. You can't really blow out too much because that, because you can't do that uh, last minute weight cut. So, but on like on fight week on nearing the fight, it's always much more pleasant experience. I have. usually you know when when you're cutting weight, you, you don't remember fight week because you're like you're like in your you just care about eating. You just don't that you get annoyed and everything else. So I, I feel with this week out, it just like gives you a more pleasant experience uh, throughout the fight week. And I get to enjoy the interviews and I get to enjoy interaction with everyone. And I just like, I remember more of the fight week. Yeah. But uh, enough of that. Let, let's move into uh, some of the questions I have for you. Uh, the first one I have for you is how, how was life like uh, growing up and what did you do as a kid to pass the time? So life uh, for me was was good and bad because you know as as you guys know my stories like I grew up with Tourette so so like I I didn't really had a lot of friends uh, growing up so uh, but one thing I got like uh, very supportive and loving dad so I spent a lot of time with my dad and what I did a lot was actually I was playing golf my my first kind of like dreams in life was to be a professional golfer so I wanted to be like yeah. Tiger Woods because my dad uh, teaches golf so I I play golf and that's why I do most of my time until I found uh, Muay Thai and martial arts and then it changed my life, cost of my life, uh, like 180. That, that, that's actually the, one of the next questions I have for you. 
what led to you deciding to learn MMA at age five and then Muay Thai at age 13? So, okay. So actually at age five or six, you know, in Singapore, like we, everyone does Taekwondo, like as a okay. curriculum. So like, I was just like kind of with school exposed in the Taekwondo, but I didn't really consider it a real experience because I only did like six months or one year into it, but I was not serious into it. And I don't know, just, I was just not like clicking into it. So I didn't really count that as my first experience. So I would say my first experience, a like real proper, uh, learning proper way of fighting, it's when I was 13, 13 and 14, around the age when I, when I learned in a Muay Thai gym. That's where I fully focused, fully committed, and I felt where I did most of my learning comes from. And that kind of changed my life and that kind of, kind of found my passion. When I was doing Muay Thai, I, I knew I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I want to do combat sports. Now, did it give you more confidence? Just because, like you said, like, uh, growing up uh, and threats and everything, you didn't feel confident with people. Yeah. Like, did that help you out? Yeah, I think it helped me a lot, out a lot because, you know, I, because, you know, everyone confidence, you need to have, like, especially when you're a kid in school, you need to have a yeah. thing. Like, you know, like, I know in America, like, okay, you're like a football player, then you give yeah. you you know how the confidence come from so i i was in search for my thing i mean i was not really smart academically and i was a weird kid in school i was skinny scrawny and you know like just like because i make a lot of funny faces speeches with threats so so yeah so like what uh, the, the moment i started with time and when i started fighting then finally i had the thing and i always feel in life when you do start doing things something when you start doing something great in life everyone will kind of they will kind of overlook your negatives yeah, but if you like you're nobody, they only pick on your negative. But let's say if okay, I'm really a fighter and I have some something going on, and they have nothing, it's very hard for them to critique me. So I felt that kind of like elevate my confidence. Obviously, the confidence comes in like a slow, progressive manner, but I can feel it coming over the years as I as I train about martial arts. Yeah, I I was the same way when I was little. I I have ADHD, so I was very hyper, and I was able to find a soccer at the time. And once I did that, I was able to kind of hide that because you're always moving in, in soccer. You're, you always have to keep moving. And I, it was able to give me a thing where people kind of overlooked it because everybody's moving on, on the pitch. So right. it, it, yeah. it gave me that thing to like get a little bit of confidence and then to push past that for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the next thing I have uh, – can you tell me about who trained you and why you chose the fighting star you wanted to take in? So, like, I didn't like, kind of choose a specific style. I didn't choose Muay Thai because I thought it was, like, the yeah. most superior martial among all. I just uh, chose Muay Thai because, simply, it was popular at that time in Singapore. So, I and I wanted to learn proper fighting because, because like, I think the right now, the taekwondo, the karate, especially maybe in Singapore, like, is uh, they take it, teach it more for as a pastime or curriculum like it doesn't have like a career path into it obviously you know there's some schools taekwondo schools they have legitimate career path but as a whole yeah. i see i want to i want to learn something that i can defend myself in the street that like punches kicking elbow and i wanted to and at that point of time i wanted it to be more violent i was just more not violent but i was more drawn into more like proper combat sports because i i see i saw like k1 max on tv i watch yeah. i watch walk and and some of even like John Wimpa, you know, I kind of look up to them while growing up. So yeah, I figured why not try try Muay Thai. I was able to talk to John a couple months ago. He's he's a great guy. 
Yeah, he's a great guy and a good guy to look after. And he's really funny too. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question I have for you is, how do you like being an assistant instructor for Evolve MMA in Singapore? Yeah, I think it's a good good experience. You know, I, for me, I right now I do it part time, so I don't do it. I don't I coach full time. Yeah. Uh, fighting is my full time. I'm and I'm also actually studying right now. Studying. Uh, I'm doing a sports science degree, so I'm not much on the coaching side. But yeah, but giving me the opportunity to coach here, uh, here and there, just like sometimes puts me perspective on 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 the coaching and how how to improve someone's skills and how to break down the skill into like uh in like small steps. I think just helps helps me understand the art better. So yeah, so far yeah, I kind of enjoy enjoy it uh, whenever I got a chance. Yeah. Is that something that you would like to do when you're retired to do like coaching full time? Uh, I wouldn't say full time, like, but I would want to kind of like like groom some athletes like i i want to like focus more like uh maybe sport like whoever want to be like proper i mean mixed martial fighter coming from singapore i want to groom them in that area you know like like the training the proper way because you know because i was in the era like which the first five years was like in like it was a mixture of old school going to new school but it was still pretty like we didn't know the proper systematically way to train and i feel you know like i think like we've like now with the new knowledge with like the sports science knowledge and the mma training we can combine it together and train in more systematically uh systematic way so we can progress faster in sport yeah. progress so i can like groom the next generation so yeah so i would definitely i would love to do it eventually and you mentioned uh you're studying for sports science uh what yeah. direction do you want to go with that degree so for me i want to kind of specialize in sports psychology so so right now i'm, I'm doing degree sports science and uh, i i have a like good mentor like he's a like the pioneer in sports psychology in singapore and the scene here is not so big so and i feel you know uh mental development it's very crucial in sport because uh, i first hand experience it you know i first hand experience how simply how can you get you get like just like not activating certain like you know, certain part of your brain that could cause you to fight you know like because you know sometimes when you don't notice that when some people get neck get knocked out they keep getting knocked out or they keep losing on the losing streak because it's a lot of psychological factor it's like whenever you get hit the fear comes in and the past memories so i always like kind of intrigued into that because i know it's like highly crucial and highly important but not many people pay uh put the importance on on it so it's something i would like to uh kind of dig deeper into it yeah, I know uh, Emiliano Sorti, he, he fights in the PFL. Mm -hmm. He said that's what he did. He went and saw a sports psychologist mm -hmm. to help him with that. And then that's when his career uh, basically turned over from middle into really good once he started to see mm -hmm. it because the sports psychologist helped him out so much better with being prepared and then putting things in the past in the past and not overthinking things. Yeah. So that that that's yeah. a good thing to know from you, uh, because I remember mm -hmm. reading about that from him, uh, actually last week. Okay. Okay. That's that's really nice to hear. Yeah. But uh, next thing I have uh, known that you, uh, I read that you like golf and then football. Well, what are some of your favorite sports athletes? Sports athletes. I mean, I always looked up to Tiger Woods growing up. Like, uh, at and like. Other than that, you know, I I get inspiration from Muhammad Ali. I get inspiration from a lot of fighters, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of 
fighters. I wouldn't have like one key idol, but I will say one key idol is Tiger Woods because you know, growing up, I had an emotional connection with him because I wanted yeah. to, because he kind of stand out among everyone. He he wanted to be the best. I like his drive, his attitude, and his work ethic. So I felt, even though it's not related to my combat sport, but it's still like I feel the principles are the same. So like I took a lot of inspiration from that. Yeah. And speaking of Muhammad Ali, uh, that transitions into my next one. Tell me about your admiration for Muhammad Ali, because I know I've read like you, like you really looked into him. Uh, what started the uh, you taking a look at Muhammad Ali? I like I like what what I love about him is like his creativity. Like you know, like when the way he fights, like everyone thinks it's like it's not the proper way of boxing, but you know, he and because because he has the belief in it and. He, he wants to like he believes in being creative like almost like bruce lee approach though you have to kind of be creative and show your expression and i feel like he kind of is the only person that i felt that can really show his expression in the boxing ring and i think that's what kind of uh drawn to me a lot because that's what makes him different and other than that like other than that he's like he's also very like very bold very courageous and like i like his like whenever he say things he he does it and he called, he's like a man of his word, so he's a man of honor as well. So he's, is, yeah. he's he's one of the first fighters too to exploit the mental side of the game instead of just the physical, where like you can you can do whatever you want with training and whatnot, but to have the mental side makes it twice as better because then you can psych your opponent out or make them think you're going to do one thing and then do another. He's one of the first to he's one of the pioneers of starting that. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have any cheat meals you can speak up on? Cheat meals, like uh, yeah, what I enjoy eating, like if I <laughs> don't have a fight or something. I like, I like, yes. I, like a, I like a good beef burger, burgers, and like chicken wings, wings, like even like wing stop, you know, uh, wing wing stop. They recently came to Singapore over the last few years. Okay. I think they yeah, wing stop. And I when I was in US, I was in US for a while, like three years. So oh. like, I I know like Buffalo Wild Wings I I I kind of miss them too. <laughs> when I was there, I was like going wild on that too. So uh, where were you staying in the, in the US? Uh, in Louisiana, like Shreveport, Louisiana. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. it's like one small town. Like I I know people ask me why you go there, but it's just because I had the opportunity to go there. And yeah, I kind of I to be honest, I enjoyed my experience over there. I had a lot of good friends, good experience, good friend, good yeah. time. Just Dustin Poirier country. Yeah, actually, I, I, I trained with him once, actually, you know. I oh, don't know what he remembered, but a long time ago, we kind of crossed him just once. But, yeah, it was really a good experience. Oh, good. I was just about to ask, how, how was uh, training with him? Yeah, it's, I think good experience. And I kind of like, right now, I kind of look up to him because I, I see him grown so much, you know. I, I remember he was really, you know, he was like really tough to approach. Like, you know, like we really look, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about personality, but he looks from the outside arrogant and stuff. But right now I feel like he's grown as a man. And like, I really see like, how he changed a lot. And I kind of have a kind of admire his progress in sport. And, and then he has, he has a big fight in a couple of weeks too. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. right. and, and then I, I definitely agree with you on that because he used to fight, like he didn't really control his anger in the, in the octagon, uh, the same. Now he's more poised and more patient, and you mm -hmm. see with how he he fights now. So th that's yeah. good to know that you were able to train with them. Yeah. How how tough uh, how tough was fighting just days after your father's passing? I know. Yeah, it was that that was uh, back in December. So how was that? Yeah. 
so yeah i remember very clear like you know like he was he was sick for a while like for yeah four months because like, he was battling like uh brain brain cancer and and at the five week i like my mom like kind of told me like before i because we have in singapore for with the COVID rules we have to kind of check in the week of the fight so like on like monday i have to check in and that's when he passed so like i went to see him and and he was really sick like could hardly do anything he was like on on the vent- ventilator and stuff so i mean they say my goodbyes but but then after after like a couple hours and i heard the news that he passed and and yeah obviously you know i was i mean he's very he, he was really like my best friend you know since growing up as you know especially i hang out with him most of my time and we yeah. had a very very close bond so it I, I, I don't i don't want to say it, it doesn't didn't really affect me in the fight because at the point of time at that week i switch off my mind i just like but the only thing we are going in the fight like i felt like no emotions i i kind of felt emotionless you know i felt like i felt like nothing could hurt me like, i don't really give a fuck you know, like when i go in the fight you know like yeah because i kind of like, went through something so difficult you know, like nothing really else in the world matter so i was just in that in that weird state during the fight week yeah yeah. It's hard to explain, you know? Even even now, you know, like, after even six months of like six months of six months after his death, you know, it's still it's still an ongoing process. I don't think grieving happens overnight. Like especially for everyone, it takes grieving differently. For me, I don't grieve right away. It takes time for me to process. You know, every time when I uh, once in a while when I'm alone when I dream of him, then I like start to grieve. Like you know, have that different phases. Yeah, so sometimes it's a small long <clears throat> process for some people. Yeah, that, where it happens over time and then eventually maybe you do get over it but it's not to me it's not something that happens overnight yeah yeah uh what have you been doing with your uh, game to improve as a fighter to get to the next level of your career so right now actually i last fall no seven weeks ago i had my acl reconstruction injury uh a reconstruction surgery so i thought unfortunately i was preparing for a fight and i my my knee popped during training and then I had a full rupture and yeah, so I had to, had to go do surgery. So right now I'm like, I'm focusing a lot, like what do things that what I can control a lot, like mental development training, like, you know, like kind of like, I feel, you know, one, I, I kind of list out one thing that is preventing me from being a champion is just the self-belief, you know, I kind of like, I need to, I'm kind of working on that self-belief a lot, you know, daily, I'm doing it daily because because as much you know, you say you you're confident in a fight. The self, the inner self belief that really you can go through anyone. It takes I think it takes a while to develop. So I'm just I feel that's only limiting factor for me. So I'm just working a lot on the mental development side of it while I'm injured right now. And I'll, I'll, I'm still training. I'm still training, but more like on rehab. I'm just like shadow boxing a bit, moving around, and and yeah, I'm like I'm on like a strict diet. I sometimes I use challenges. You know, like I don't know you have in US is popular. It's called like the seventy five heart challenge. I yeah. do that kind of challenges, to, yeah, to kind of like strengthen me mentally, like have more discipline, have more. You know, I think I work on other areas of my life that will translate well into my fight as well, because you know, eventually I want, I want, I want to be strong in the cage and as a person as well. So I, I, I take every opportunity for development. How far into your rehab are you? Uh, right now, I'm just seven weeks post op. So in three more weeks, I can start strengthening. Like getting back to fight, I would say maybe uh, earliest I can do is end of the year. Oh, earliest, well that, uh, I mean, right, earliest or maybe early next year. But I mean, just saying. Are you yeah. are you are you chopping at the bit to get back into into the 
in the cage? Or are you just like, let me worry about the rehab. Let me make sure I'm a hundred percent. And then, and then I'll worry about that. Uh, like I want to, like, I, I told my doctors, I told my team, like, I want the program that gets me the fastest as possible. And then they were telling, okay, there's a protocol and stuff. But yeah, I mean, aside all the protocol, I want like the evidence, you know, like at least some athletes have done it like really quick. I want to, can you, because I, for me, I believe my body and I believe my regeneration, like I can recover like really quick. And yeah, I want to do everything right, like eat the right foods and like also do the proper rehab. So I put myself in position to recover as fast as, as possible. So, so yeah, so like for me, as long as I feel like I don't have to be like, I'm not playing it. I won't say I'm playing it so safe. I just, as long the as long my team, I, I have trust, big trust in my team. As long my team yeah. give me green light, I'll go. If they say I can go next week, I'll go next week. But they will not do it because uh, they will, they will only look for the best of me. So once I get a green light from them, I'll go. Ready to go. Uh, and, and you're still pretty young, so you still got yeah. a lot of time ahead of you. Yeah. So as long as you make sure you are fully healthy now, it's just going to benefit you later on. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, like I say, I'm... 26, turning 27, and yeah, not not yet in my prime. So I feel, yeah, I feel it. I still got like 10 years, at least 10 years in the sport. So like, I'm not in a rush to be honest. You know, not in a rush. Yeah. But it's I'm good. always like, taking every day, trying to trying to do what I best to can improve. Because you know, if you don't improve, someone else is gonna improve. And yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's crazy to think that 10 years ago, probably the earliest you would see a fighter uh, come in was like 30. Now it's, yeah. you see got people coming at 19, 20, 21 yeah. coming in. So it, it's either they, they're going to have a lot longer career or they're going to be able to retire a little bit sooner than had they come in at 30. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it just, it benefits you like the, the earlier you do martial arts, but of course, you know, there's pros and cons. Like some, some cases when you do too early, then you receive too much damage. If you don't do it properly, you receive too much damage early on. They also yeah. have a short-lived career. So I guess you just subject it to individual. But I feel if you do it the right way, you know, with the proper precautions and like periodization and like proper training methods, and then you start as soon when you're a baby, you know, like that's why I'm also like with my son, I'm like yeah. as soon as he's like two years old, I'm already like trying to teach him something, you know, get him exposed, you know. So all the even motor movements, it's not necessarily he'll be a fighter, but it will be good for the development. So like as long as you do it the right way, I feel like the earlier the better. How's being a father? Yeah, it's been amazing, man. It's just a new experience. You know, I've it's funny because you know I always tell people I was a kid until I become a dad, you know. <laughs> like literally <laughs> I was still a kid and I found out because you know, we me and my wife, we we were dating at the time, like six months in relationship. We were just like dating and then we found out uh she was pregnant and then we decided to keep it. And yeah, so that it just changed my life, changed my outlook. And then I just take everything seriously. Like, you know, what I, like, I don't only try to develop, let's say, in my, like, martial arts career. I try to develop in my, like, self-development because, you know, I have to kind of look after him. I have to guide him with the right values, yeah. with the right pathway. So I, I put, I wouldn't say pressure, but I put, like, that kind of urgency in me, you know. I have to, if I'm, I don't have, I can't waste a day, you know. I can't just waste a day, the whole day on watching Netflix and, like uh, eating chips and like waste my life, you know. Even when I'm injury, I'm trying to develop myself. That's why I'm like I'm, like I'm studying. That's why I'm always reading. I'm doing other stuff. I'm challenging myself with different programs and yeah. So that's that's what I'm all about. 
What are some of your hobbies outside of MMA to keep your mind sane? Because, as you know, you don't want to do everything just MMA because you, you might burn yourself okay. out. So what are some things that you do outside of it? I mean, I... I, I used to when I was like when I was like say before I began that I used to like do like play play games and hang out with my friends but right now I'm just like I'm just reading a lot I'm reading a lot I'm studying and reading that's what I'm doing like most of the time once in a while like maybe once in two weeks I like if I feel I need I need some like cohesion time with my friends I go out and have a dinner with them like nothing crazy just like have a simple dinner and just talk but most time I'm just like studying reading trying to develop myself in other areas yeah. Uh, and then one of my last questions I have for you uh, before I let you go, what advice can you give amateur fighters who want to make it pro? Uh, the advice I will give you, give you guys, like get as much experience under, under your belt. Don't rush to become, to, to be a pro. In my case, you know, I, I kind of felt I rushed it. You know, I felt, I felt if I could have, I only had like five, four or five amateur MMA pro fights. If I could have, I will, if I go back in time, I will actually explore more because I remember my first few fights doing it as a, as a pro. I w wasn't so comfortable in certain areas of the of the of the uh, fight uh, mixed martial. Like I wasn't comfortable, like let's say in some jiu-jitsu exchange, I wasn't comfortable on the cage. You know, like certain areas I haven't addressed because because uh, you know you sometimes you just want that label as a pro fighter. You feel kind of cool to for it. So I would say don't rush the pro don't rush the process, you know, focus on the process, you know, focus on the process, you know, get better your skill. And eventually, you know, once you're good enough, you're beating all the matches, then when it's time to turn pro, you turn pro. When you, you turn pro, when you should, you're supposed to turn pro when you figure everything out. You have all the doubts and all the doubts and insecurities of what you have in your in your let's say in your martial arts, then you then you know you turn pro. If you still have doubts, oh, I'm not comfortable in the foot lock exchange, then just spend more time there, get Jiu-Jitsu competition on your belt or get more experience and explore more techniques in that area. Then once you're comfortable, turn pro. Yeah, because it's it's way better to uh, spend a little bit more time as an amateur, see what you need to work on, fix it, and then move up than, than to just rush going pro then had the mistakes happen and then you can a little flustered because you're like, what do I need to do? I got to keep this. I know I yeah. got to fix these, but I don't know if I have the, the necessary time to, because now I'm a pro. So, so that, that's what I hear from every, everybody is they, they yeah. take their time as an amateur and if they feel comfortable and then they move up. Mm. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I think there's a bit yeah, but I won't uh, take up too much uh, of your time. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, Amir, for coming on and uh, have this interview with me. And I wish your rehab a smooth recovery. I hope to see you by the end of the year, if not sooner, so mm -hmm. we can see you uh, uh, fight for the Watch Weight Championship soon. Yes, yeah, so I'm hoping to get back as soon as possible and looking forward to speak to you again soon. Thanks yep. for having me. No problem. And I also want a, a, a late congratulations on having a son. So, Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. All right. Uh, that was Amir Khan uh, of uh, One Championship. He wants to wait contender. I want to thank him so much for coming on. And as always, this is Cage My IQ, the best place for MMA content. You can follow us on Instagram. Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at the handles to the left. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're shooting for 200 subscribers right now. And we, we're the best in the business when it comes to preview and recap videos, as well as interviews like this. So uh, and we had three sponsors for you. We got 99Jersey. Use promo code SPORTSBOXSHOW20 at checkout to receive 20% off your next purchase. We got Odds Jam. Go to the link in the bio to sign up to Odds Jam so you never miss a bet again. Once again, go to the link in the bio, sign up, so when you make a bet, you never lose it, uh, lose one again. And then lastly, we got High Tide Herbal. Use promo code CAGEMYIQ at 10 to receive 10% off your next purchase at www.hightidehorrible.com. Once again, I'm your host, D-Bake. This was an interview with Amir Khan, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets. On Facebook at Sportsbox Show, Twitter at Sportsbox Show, Instagram at The Sportsbox Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And also our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and use promo code THEBOX at sign up for 10 free points. Thank you for joining us.